Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. God is like that father with the prodigal son who is just like eagerly anticipating that moment we say, hey, Lord, can we hang out? He's like, I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you. Yes, please, let's hang out. Stay connected to me. I got some fruit I want to produce in your life, right? I got things, some things I got planned for you, um, but I just need you to show up because the problem's never with him. The problem's always with me and my willingness to be there, to show up, so to speak. Life can be filled with ups and downs, moments of joy, and seasons of struggle. We all make mistakes, and at times, we might feel unworthy of the love and forgiveness that we crave. But as Pastor James talks about in today's message, the Lord's love is boundless, and He eagerly waits for you to call out to Him. His arms are always wide open, ready to welcome you back into His loving embrace. No matter what it is that you've done or where you've been, He's ready to accept you back into His family. Now turn in your Bible to the book of John chapter 15, as Pastor James begins his message, The Fruit of the Spirit. John chapter 15, the Gospel of John chapter 15, is one of, uh, man, this is, this is one of my favorite teachings from Jesus. Um, this is one that I learned early on, and it's, it kind of like set within my heart at an at a, er, er, early age for me in my walk with Jesus. So John 15, just so you know, context-wise, what, what we're dealing with here, time frame, um, this is, on, you know, Jesus is, is actively moving towards the cross. These are some of the last things that he has to say to his disciples. Um, you know, they've, they've already had, you know, he, John chapter 13, he's already uh, washed their feet. He, he's predicted his betrayal. Uh, then, uh, then he's also given Peter the heads up that, hey, you're going to deny me three times. And then he, he goes into John chapter 14, where he talks about just uh, the fact that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And he's going to prepare a place for us. And he's actively right now preparing a place for you in heaven, like new heaven, new earth. Like he is, he is working on your future condo in, uh, in paradise. Right now is actively being built specifically for you. Like that's what the word actually says within the Greek. It's not like for us, it's for you. I mean, John's very purposeful in how he uses words. And he says, God, Jesus didn't say, I go to prepare a place for you all or y'all, right? As he, he's, as he would in the South. But he says, no, I go to prepare a place for you specifically. So when you get to heaven and he tosses you the keys to your new condo, whatever that thing is, um, you'll walk into it and you'll be like, whoa, how do you know? Well, he's Jesus um, and he knows better than you do. So you're, you're going to be amazed. You're going to be amazed not so much at the craftsmanship of Jesus, because there's no better craftsman than him, but how much he actually knows you and cares about you will be on full display for, ever, for all of eternity, simply on this one room that he gives to you forever. 
okay? So he, he communicates that to his disciples. I go to prepare a place for you. And then he promises the Holy Spirit, I need to leave so that the Holy Spirit can come, which is better for you, which is kind of mind-boggling for us because we want physical Jesus, right? Because he's tangible. And when he talks, I can hear him. And when he hugs me, I can feel that. But he says, that's not what's best for you. What's best for you is that I go away so that the Holy Spirit can indwell you. So you take me with you wherever you go. And he's always talking. We just don't always listen. And maybe sometimes he is silent because there's periods of silence too. But he's always there. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. All that good stuff. And then that, that just transitions into this. I mean, these are all teachings within the last days of his life. This is, this is, we're not talking about years. We're not talking about semesters and all. These are days before he, he is crucified. So there's, there's tremendous importance placed upon these teachings because these are his final teachings to us. And one of his final teachings to us is found in John chapter 15. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. He says this in verse 1. I am the true vine. My father is the gardener or the vine dresser, as your Bible may say. He removes or cuts off, we'll define that in a second, every branch that does not produce fruit or does not bear fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will bear more fruit, okay? So they'll produce more fruit. He says, you've already been pruned for greater fruitfulness by the message I've given you. Remain in me or abide in me, and I will remain in you or abide in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. You cannot be fruitful apart from me. Verse 5, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who parts from me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you stay connected to me or or remain in me or stay joined to me, my words remain in you. You may ask any request you like, and it will be granted. That's kind of sweet. My true disciples produce much fruit. This brings great glory to my Father. Okay? So we're not going to go through this whole chapter, but I I do want to just to tap in for, you know, part of this fruit of the Spirit starts with who you're connected to. Like, this is elementary principles, right? Because, um, you know, a branch cannot produce fruit on its own. A branch that is disconnected from a fruit tree can't bear fruit. It's lifeless. That was you and that was me before Jesus. You were nothing but a branch disconnected from the true vine. You can't produce. Now, there are fruit, quote unquote, that you could produce in your own strength, and we'll cover that in a second. But as far as like, Fruits of, well, of righteousness, fruit of the Spirit, and fruit that's actually like beneficial, you can't do it on your own. And so Jesus just lays down this very simple, very practical principle and saying, look, I'm the true vine. All source of life, all source of energy, all sorts of fruitfulness comes from me. If you want to be fruitful, which he expects you to be fruitful, if you're a believer, he says it clearly right here, his disciples which means students will bear fruit. You will bear fruit. Your goal is not to bear fruit. Your goal is to bear much fruit. 
And you can't even do that. Not in your own strength. So you got to stay connected to Jesus. And this is what we spend about four days emphasizing is our tremendous need to stay connected to the vine. We have to stay connected to the vine as a branch, because that's all we are. That's all we are. There's nothing impressive about branches. There's not. The thing that's most impressive is the vine that it is connected to. And so Jesus is laying this down for these guys, like, I'm the source of life. I'm your source of life. I'm your source of fruitfulness. It's, it's me. Anything that people identify with in your life that's good in that sense um, should cause them to, focus, to bring their focus to the vine, not so much the branch. But he, he just lays it out very, very simply. So the, the key principle within this whole thing is, is this abiding factor. Abide in me, and, 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 I, and I abide in you. And he even says, my words abide in you. So true disciples abide. We stick. We cling to Jesus. We absolutely cling to Jesus. We cling to Jesus when the season of fruitfulness is just abounding. We cling to Jesus when you're going through the winter months, and that's what we talked about this past week as well. It's those winter seasons where it doesn't seem like there's any fruit being produced in my life. It doesn't seem like there's any activity. You know, I'm, I think I'm, I'm, I'm connected to Jesus. I'm abiding in him, this communion. And we talked, we, we, we phrase it in this way, and you guys would be familiar with this because I reference this all the time, the vertical. This is between you and him, the vertical relationship, the vertical aspect of your relationship with Jesus. This has to be good. This has to be strong, right? It doesn't have to be perfect, but it has to be strong. And, and the only way to make that strong is just to keep showing up. You have to just keep showing up. I don't feel like it. Well, suck it up. Keep showing up. Like, you can't bail out. You can't bail out. Because this is the most important thing in your life, is your vertical relationship with Jesus. Because any of this, the horizontal stuff, the fruit bearing, it doesn't happen if this is not consistent and real and purposeful in that sense of just showing up like, man, Lord, I, okay, so here I am today, Lord. I, I may not even know what to pray. I may not even know what to read, but I'm here, but I'm here. So I, I just, Lord, I, I just want to stay connected to you. I, I just want to stay connected to you. Sometimes we complicate this in the sense of like we make everything, you know, programs and 12-step programs and all this stuff, right? You just do this and this and this, and then that equals this. Sometimes you just have to just show up with no plan, with just no plan. I heard this once from a, a Bible instructor he, he, from Bible college, but he, he taught at the, um, the European campus, and some, some friends of mine had come back, and, and he had instructed his, his students. He's like, look, here's what I want you to do one of your days, because devotions were something that they strongly encouraged us to, to do, right, to establish good, healthy morning devotions, right? But he encourages students. He's like, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out on the campus. This was like literally a castle in, um, I didn't go there, but my friends lived in a castle in Europe, which is crazy. Um, he's like, I want you to go somewhere on the grounds, and I want you to do your devotions, and I don't want you to bring your Bible. And they're all like, oh, you can't, no, what, we, and he's like, just go and sit in silence and do your devotion. Just talk to Jesus. In fact, do more listening than you do talking. And uh, so I had some friends report back, and they were like, man, that was like some of the most intimate time with the Lord 
that I had had. Now, he didn't say never do use your Bible with, you know, when you do devotion. He just said, every so often, how about you just get away and just sit in silence and just sit and listen and just simply show up and say, okay, Lord, I, here I am. Here I am. If you want to speak to me, then speak to my heart, Lord. But I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to enjoy your presence. I'm just going to enjoy you. And, and that's just that, that's a, a simple element of abiding. Showing up in the morning, maybe you do your devotions at nighttime. I don't know. It doesn't matter when you do them, but you just show up. And sometimes that's with the word. You open up the word, you're reading through it, and you're like, okay, Lord, I, this is just me and you time. It's just me and you time. You know, tell me, speak to me however you want to speak to me. Tell me whatever you want to tell me. Fix whatever's wrong inside of me or reveal whatever may be going on inside of me that needs to be revealed. Because I, it's just me and you. I want to stay connected to you. And I don't, want, I don't want to allow anything in my life that's going to disconnect me, so to speak, from your life source or from your power. Sin does that. Sin does that. Okay? So we have to be aware of that. But Jesus, is, he's communicating to his disciples in the very last moments of his life. And he wants to place emphasis on the fact that Look, I expect for you to produce fruit within your life. I expect you to be fruitfulness, but I don't expect you to do it on your own. He never commands us to do something that he himself is not willing to step into our lives and provide the power or the ability to do it. That's the amazing thing about Jesus. He never asks you to do something, and he's like, okay, now go figure it out. That's not how he works. He says, here's what I want you to do. Oh, by the way, I'm going to give you the power that you need to do that, to accomplish that. I'll give you whatever you need to accomplish that. It's, it's the dad with his son mowing the grass illustration that we always hear about, right? The kid's not pushing the mower. Dad is. The kid has no strength to do it, but dad does. Is, would it be easier for dad to do it on his own? Absolutely. Oh, totally. It'd go by a lot quicker. It'd be more efficient. God could solve all the world's problems in and of his own strength. But he lets us mow the grass with him, which is amazing. If you don't believe God's long-suffering, just take a second and think about it and be like, man, Lord, yeah, how? You got to deal with me. So yeah, you probably are pretty long-suffering, right? But he brings us along with him. Why? Because he wants that connection with us. As much as we should desire connection with him, the abiding in him, he longs to stay connected to us. He wants to be connected to you. He's not like, all right, so, you know, when are you going to show up? Right? Oh, I guess, oh, well, he's praying now, so I, we need to, I, I got to spend time now. I got to focus some attention on James now because he's actually praying now and all this stuff. That's not how God works. God is like that father with the prodigal son who is just like, eagerly anticipating that moment we say, hey, Lord, can we hang out? He's like, I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you. Yes, please, let's hang out. Stay connected to me. I got some fruit I want to produce in your life, right? I got things, some things I got planned for you, um, but I just need you to show up because the problem's never with him. The problem's always with me and my willingness to be there, to show up, so to speak. God's got, he's got amazing plans for you concerning fruitfulness. The problem's never him. The problem is always me and my willingness just to show up. 
But here's Jesus, like, abide in me, abide in me. And this, this thing, verse 2, that, that causes some issues. Verse uh, chapter, or chapter, same chapter, but I think verse 6 kind of sparks some of these same issues. But let me clarify some stuff for you. He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit. So you're like, immediately, our tendency is to, to panic, right? Because then we start thinking, we do some self-reflection, and we're like, I don't think I'm all that fruitful, and I'm afraid that God's going to be done with me. That's not probably technically, what that's talking about, okay? This certainly is not a salvation issue because we hold fast to the fact that salvation, number one, you getting saved has never been dependent upon you. He did all the work. You staying saved, whatever in the world that means, surely doesn't depend on you. You're in his hand. You're in his hand, and that's a pretty powerful hand to be in. So can you lose your salvation, all that stuff? I think if you lost your salvation, you probably never had it. I think you may have never had it. And that's something to be aware of, especially in our Western culture, where Christianity is mean, it means so many other things other than a, a, an absolute surrender to Jesus, right? Because we've, uh, unfortunately, with some you know, bad teachings and all this stuff, I, I think we've lost what Christianity actually even is. True biblical Christianity is a surrender of self and a, a, a establishing Jesus as the king of your life, like total, complete surrender. It's not about like, yeah, I'll sign up on this Jesus thing as long as he, if he hooks me up with stuff or he gets me out of this problem, right? That's not Christianity. That's Western mentality of like, you know, this, this teaching that kind of circulated, and it's still prevalent today. Where it's like, no, 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 you, you get, you know, just say this prayer. Jesus comes in and he fixes all your problems and all this stuff. I'm like, that's not the Christianity that I know. It's not. Christianity I know is one of suffering. It's one of surrender. It doesn't mean your life's going to be miserable. In fact, it means you have more joy within your life. True biblical Christianity is like, I can walk through any scenario Nothing can steal the joy that I have away. Nothing can steal me away from him. Paul even actually wrote about that in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 8, it's kind of a cool chapter. But um, this, the other way this can be translated is instead of he cuts off, he lifts up. Okay? There's two different ways to translate this, this phrase. He cuts off or he lifts up. Because the problem Speaking of vines, which if you know anything about vines, especially fruit, more than likely the reference here is grapes. And when those vines would get, those vines could get, you know, burdens, you know, burdened or, or weighed down and then they're in the mud and all that stuff. And so a vine dresser would commonly come, come around and lift up the vines and wash them off so that they could be in their proper position. So there's an idea that that's more than likely that's what he's talking about. Maybe you've been weighed down with just the muck of this world. Well, the true vine dresser, who is God the Father, wants nothing more than to come alongside you and lift you up and wash you off. And the water is always in reference to the Word of God. Maybe he just wants to clean you off so that you can bear, so that you can produce some more fruit, because you're weighed down right now. He needs to get you out of the muck and the mire so that you can bear more fruit. The goal is, is, is fruitfulness. The goal is to produce more fruit. But the, the fruit is not for you, and it's not for me. It's always for him, and it's always for others. 
okay? It's for him, first and foremost. Uh, He prunes fruit. So if you're going to bear fruit, you're staying connected to Jesus, you will produce fruit within your life. Then here's, here's the frustrating element of staying connected to the vine and bearing fruit. He takes the fruit away. He takes that precious fruit away from you that you've worked, well, you think, you've worked so hard on, on accomplishing. But again, you don't see any, you walk around and go examine some fruit trees. None of them are sweating, okay? None of them are, are dealing with worry or anxiety about producing fruit. There's no, there's no, they're not straining at all. They're just doing what naturally happens. The branch is producing the fruit or the blossoms that turn into the fruit because it's connected to the to the vine, so to speak, um, and that's produce, producing all the life. It just, it just shows up, and it just produces naturally. The thing about fruit is this. As, we, as we're connected to Jesus, we're producing fruit within our lives. That fruit can't remain in your life. If you're going to be a healthy branch, the fruit can't remain. It can't. It has to be taken away. He has to come through because the healthiest thing for the branch is to remove the fruit that it's produced. But yet, that's not how we work. Because how we work is, no, I'm going to hold on to everything. I got to hold on to everything. If you think of like fruit within your life, maybe relationships. Sometimes he has to come through and prune those relationships so that other fruit can be produced in its place. It's not because he's mean, it's actually because he's loving. And he expects you as a branch to produce much more fruit. But we like comfort, we love security. I got my bubble, God don't mess with my bubble, right? And he's like, pop. He's like, I don't care about your bubble. I do, but I don't because you're a branch and your role is to produce a lot more fruit. So I need to take this away because that's not even your fruit. It it never belonged to the branch. It it never belonged to the branch. A very real application for for this would be, I know for myself, and the thing that I tend to go towards um, almost immediately is, well, my kids, my children. Yeah, they are my children, but they're fruit in one sense, given to me from God. And sometimes he, has to, he takes those so that they can become branches and then they can bear fruit on their own because he's got plans for them. This is a hard reality sometimes for parents as we are on the threshold of you know, one growing up and out of the house kind of a deal. But we can hold on so tightly and I'm just going to, well, what happens? You, you got applesauce, right? You like squeeze that thing to death. Like you're just holding on to it, holding on to it, holding on to it. It's like, no, you got to let it go. Let it go. I've experienced this many times, numerous times in, in leadership, running youth ministry, where I have my leadership team. That's just, you know, in, in one sense, like it's a fruit, uh, so to speak, that the Lord has allowed to produce within my life. And then, and then he has the audacity to move them on to something else. And I'm like, no, that's my fruit. And he's like, yeah, that's where you went wrong. He's like, yeah, that's, uh, I'm not taking away because of that, but James, they're never yours. They were always mine. And we'll get more specifically into spiritual fruit, the fruit of the spirit, but um. I'm just trying to use practical elements just so we can understand that. If you got fruit within your life, just please understand this. It's his fruit. 
It belongs to him. It belongs to him. You've been listening to the radio ministry Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. We're based out of Galveston, Texas, with the support of Calvary Galveston and listeners like you. We trust that what you heard in today's message stirred something inside of you to a point of action. These teachings are meant to help you find hope and new life in Jesus, and that's our heart's desire for you today. If you're in the Galveston area, would you come be a part of what's happening at Calvary Galveston? Our atmosphere is simple, laid back, and uncomplicated. We just want to magnify Jesus at all ages. To learn more about our ministry, we invite you to visit breadforthebroken.com. We also do a live stream on Facebook, so check it out, even if you are a little further away. If you're interested in hearing more messages like this one, you can do that by going to the Listen tab at breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, why not discover a little more about the church and this ministry, as well as look for opportunities to partner with us here. There's a Give tab that's easily accessible on our website too, if you feel led to support us in a financial way. We'd also love it if you would join us in praying for this ministry. Pastor James is excited to share new things with you in the coming study. There's always more that we can gain from diving deep into God's Word. Until next time, we encourage you to stay connected to God and His Word, and to then come back for more solid teachings right here. We'll be waiting for you, here on Bread for the Broken.